0: No more ifs, ands, or buts about it. The New Orleans Saints need to start Taysom Hill moving forward. But is he enough to win you games? And what are the most realistic outcomes for the remaining games of the season for these New Orleans Saints? We've got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into to another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcasts, network your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day, every day. Don't forget, we're here for you daily, every single Monday through Friday, free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. Hey, hello, what's up? I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Stathero.com, a first-of-its-kind daily fantasy sports platforms that allows it to be you versus the house in a head-to-head matchup and winner takes all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Now y'all, I know that it is always tough after a game like the one that the New Orleans Saints just quote unquote played Uh 31 to 6 loss on Thanksgiving night. I hope for those of you that celebrate Thanksgiving that it didn't ruin your Thanksgiving. If you don't, Hope it didn't ruin you Thursday, because there's still a lot to talk about with this team, and it's one of the reasons why I appreciate so much that you're still making Locked On Saints a part of your day, because I know this is a tough part of the season. So the big, big takeaway from last night's game and last night's loss is that it's time for Taysom Hill to take over. Now, we're going to talk about a little bit in just a moment why Taysom Hill hasn't been the starting quarterback over the course of the last two weeks, but let's focus on why Taysom Hill should be the starting quarterback, barring any further injury concerns beginning next week up against the Dallas Cowboys. And there's three very, very good reasons for it. The first reason is that Trevor Simeon simply ain't it. I had folks try to tell me that the New Orleans Saints didn't downgrade at all, didn't upgrade, didn't move, didn't do nothing when it came to uh, losing Jameis Winston and moving over to Trevor Simeon. I even had some people try to tell me that Trevor Simeon was an upgrade over Jameis Winston. And look at you now. Look, Trevor Simeon simply ain't it. He did a great job the first couple of games, came in, had the element of surprise on his side up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When Tampa Bay expected them to completely change their offense without any Jameis Winston, they didn't. And then the defense showed up big for that New Orleans Saints offense as well. And then you got into that Atlanta Falcons game and things were a little dicey early, but then the late comeback kind of gave you a little bit of confidence. And then you look at the last couple of games up against Tennessee, where it was a little bit more special teams than anything else. But you saw the inefficiency start to really show when it came to Trevor Simeon. When it came to Trevor Simeon, and then in Philly, and then at home up against the Buffalo Bills, you saw what you needed to see. You saw the real Trevor Simeon come out. And hey, who can blame anybody, right? He's a third-string quarterback out there with a practice squad, uh, squad, right? The New Orleans Saints tried to introduce the players before the game uh, Thursday night. And you barely heard anything from anybody because the most recognizable name was Teron Armstead, who they saved for last. No Alvin Kamara, no Mark Ingram, no Michael, uh, no Michael Thomas, no Ryan Ramchek, no, no Jameis Winston, no Taysom Hill, no nobody going into this one. And so when it came down to what the New Orleans Saints have been able to put on the field after they've been inundated with injuries over the course of this season, yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough, and it's going to be tough for Trevor Simeon and. I think you just learned that Trevor Simeon is not going to be able to elevate this roster as it's currently constructed. You know, when you watch football and it looks good, you, you know, the eye tests, right? You can watch it and you can see that it looks good. Trust yourself when you see that, because what you're seeing is efficiency, productivity as well, but efficiency. When Jameis Winston was a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, he tried just over 200 passing attempts. The Saints barely had any yardage. They were like 31st, 32nd in the NFL in passing yardage. But then they were up in the top 10 when it came to scoring. That's efficiency. You saw some efficiency from this. Defense helped a ton. Special teams helped a ton. Lots of favorable starting field position, which is something that the Saints absolutely stunk at when it came to last night's game up against Buffalo. I think they averaged around like 15 yards per return in the kickoff return game. And they were being very aggressive there, but just couldn't get anything going. Jameis Winston showed you that he could be efficient. And this offense was efficient with Jameis Winston and some of its weapons. With Trevor Simeon and none of their weapons, what you're seeing right now is the 24th ranked, or excuse me, 25th ranked quarterback out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks when it comes to EPA per play or expected points per play, which effectively measures the efficiency and success of an NFL offense, this specifically being about the passing game in particular uh, on a per play basis. And right now, Trevor Simeon is just above names like Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Davis Mills, who are rookie quarterbacks, and then some quarterbacks that are struggling like Jacoby Brissett and Jared Goff. That's the quarterback that the New Orleans Saints have right now, and that's not going to put the New Orleans Saints in a position where they're going to be able to maximize anything. A 43.4 success rate in the passing game makes him the sixth worst in the NFL right now. Again, just above those rookie quarterbacks like Davis Mills, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson, and above a couple of veteran quarterbacks that are struggling this season, like Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson. And it doesn't stop there. You look at the completion percentage over expected, 5% lower than what he was expected to have coming into this season. 61.8% completion percentage right now for Trevor Simeon, one of the lowest in the NFL. And this is an offense that's predicated on its efficiency, and it hasn't been able to be efficient all season. And is that all Trevor Simeon's fault? No. But is Trevor Simeon going to be able to maximize anything about this offense? Also, no. So that's one of the reasons why I think that you should move on from Trevor Simeon and at least give Taysom Hill a shot. Now, is Taysom Hill going to be able to elevate this offense? Maybe, maybe not. But that's what gets me to point number two. At least he has the mobility. Trevor Simeon's pocket awareness is awful and setting up pockets is awful when it comes to Trevor Simeon because he drops back too far. He's not able to step up in the pocket. He doesn't feel pressure coming. Even when he sees pressure coming, he doesn't react very well to it. He does good when he's blitzed doesn't do very well when he's under pressure. So when you look at where it is that that Taysom Hill brings to this offense that could be an extra dynamic, it would be the mobility, his ability to be able to escape. But the Saints will certainly need him to be able to make quick decisions and say, that route ain't there, that route ain't there. I'm looking over on the same side of the field. It ain't happening. I'm running. That's what the New Orleans Saints are going to need. You can't get that element of surprise, that little extra element of anything when it comes to Trevor Simeon so at least you get some element of something different with Taysom Hill. And finally, you just gave Taysom Hill a contract extension. That kicks in in 2022, where if he becomes your starting quarterback, he could make up to $95 million. We'll break that down a little bit more on Monday because we got new information about the contract, and we need to talk about it because there's a lot of nuances and a lot of things that Taysom would have to get right to get that $95 million, even if he is named the starting quarterback. But Before you get to that, start looking at how you can build an offense and tailor an offense around the mobile quarterback instead of having to try to fit him in to Drew Brees' offense like you had to do in the four games over the course of last season. Now you can really, really, really go to work in terms of saying, all right, Taysom, this is going to be the offense that you're going to run. How do we build it around you and your skill set? This is a really, really massive opportunity for the New Orleans Saints to really understand what Taysom Hill can bring to them as opposed to having him compete in an offense that is going to make him stand in the pocket because that's the offense that you want to move forward with. Now there's no competition. You don't have to try to tailor to two quarterbacks. You have one quarterback and he's mobile. You get to build an offense around him. Now I do have a strong take in favor of Taysom Hill being the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, but does he change everything enough to make the New Orleans Saints a winner moving forward? We'll talk about that and much more as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at StatHero.com. Here's what you need to know, all right? We're talking about the New Orleans Saints being inundated with injuries so far this season. Well, there have been enough injuries around the NFL that it's made it a little bit tough to play fantasy football on a week-to-week basis when you're having to deal with the same lineups and you're having to deal with all the injuries and everything. I have turned a little bit more over to daily fantasy sports so that I can change the lineup and pick players that are actually playing Every week. And that's why I've fallen in love with Stat Hero. And I want to tell you about them. First of all, remember this stathero.com slash locked on. We'll come back to it here in just a second and why it's important. Here's what I love about Stat Hero. All right. It's the first of its kind when it comes to daily fantasy sports because it's you versus the house. But the house is no mystery. Here's the crazy part about Stat Hero they actually allow you to see the lineups before you play, and you get to handpick the lineups that you're going to face one-on-one so you get to cater the lineup that you're selecting and pick the lineup that you're going up against no more mystery no more uh lineups being hidden behind you know you're playing against thousands of lineups at one time you can't see what anybody else has picked you get to specifically craft your lineup based on the one head-to-head lineup that you choose to go up against for instance you get to do some two-on-twos and three-on-threes as well you could also do some running back two-on-twos really good one that the uh that stat heroes already put up, which is Najee Harris and Leonard Fournette. I'm gonna roll ahead with a couple of guys, including Jonathan Taylor, try to capitalize on the momentum that he's put up as a top running back in the NFL right now. So you get to pick that lineup, go up against it, and pick the lineup that you feel like is gonna be able to uh is gonna be able to beat the lineup that you select to go up against. It's really, really cool. So I absolutely love this. You get to go head to head up against the computer because it's the way that daily fantasy sports should be one on one. One. So go and sign up for free right now over at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on for that 100% deposit match stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. All right, Houdet Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thanks once again for making us your first listen of the day, every day. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, talking a little bit about Taysom Hill and how he should be taking over for Trevor Simeon moving forward. But before we get to, or as we continue on with that conversation, we should also clarify why he hasn't been the quarterback moving forward. Because the idea here is that if Taysom Hill moves ahead, is he really going to change the outcome of games moving Forward. In order for us to understand that, we kind of have to look at the curious uh, incident of uh, Taysom Hill over the course of the last two games. Has he not been used because there's no uh, faith in terms of that he could be doing better? Or is it something else? And it turns out it's entirely something else. So it's entirely based on his foot injury. Remember, he missed three games early or three weeks in concussion protocol, including a bye week earlier on in the season after taking a really, really filthy hit by uh, I think it was William Jackson, if I remember correctly, over in the uh, Washington football team game. Really scary stuff. Uh, Ended up coming back, played week nine up against the Atlanta Falcons, week 10 up against Tennessee Titans in his usual slasher role, ended up injuring his foot up against the Tennessee Titans, and then uh, was on the sideline over the course of the last two games up against Philadelphia, as well as up against the Buffalo Bills. And he was the only other quarterback active, meaning that he was the true QB two in the uh, New Orleans, for the New Orleans Saints in that game. So Ian Book was inactive. Taysom Hill was basically there to just be an emergency quarterback. And I know what you're thinking, Ross, the Buffalo Bills were up 21-0. Isn't that (laughs) an emergency? No, that's not the emergency that they were talking about, right? It was only if Taysom, excuse me, Trevor Simeon was injured and they needed to go to a backup quarterback. That's where you would have seen Taysom Hill go on. And to me, that signifies that for the Saints, they very, very much intend on Taysom Hill being the starting quarterback moving forward here throughout the rest of the season. And remember, there are some incentives placed on Taysom Hill's contract for this season that could potentially get him more money, but his, re- all of them are very, very unlikely to be hit over the course of uh, six games, right? And so it doesn't really factor into his new quarterback extension at all or his new like possible quarterback extension at all. And so with that being the case, this doesn't fully really matter when it comes to that, but it does matter to this team. And I know that a lot of people have seen that Taysom Hill practiced in full Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of last week's practice report. But you have to remember that most of those were walkthroughs, right? They played on Sunday. Then they only had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before they turn around and play a game on Thursday. So you didn't have full speed practices. Very likely if those are full speed practices on a usual seven day, Sunday to Sunday schedule, or in this case, coming up this week, Thursday to Thursday schedule, you probably would have seen him limited in those, but because they were walkthroughs, yeah, of course he was able to fully participate in walkthroughs because after all he can walk. And so therefore he was able to participate, but the saints weren't about to go and throw him out into his usual role when they're clearly, I think, looking to play him at quarterback for the rest of the season. So now you get the full seven days from Thursday to Thursday before the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll see on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday's injury reports. If he's practicing fully there, then you know he's probably practicing at quarterback and he's practicing full speed at that point. I can't imagine any reason outside of Taysom Hill being injured any further that Trevor Simeon would be the starting quarterback going into next week. Um, I would almost say that Ian Book would be a better choice at this point, even though the guy's never taken an NFL snap. But at this point, that's what you're looking at. But does Taysom Hill really change things for you coming into this matchup? Uh, up against the Dallas Cowboys, and do you end up getting a better offense with him? And the way that I look at it, as harsh as I can be on Trevor Simeon, it's not just Trevor Simeon, right? It's the fact that there's no Michael Thomas, there's no Alvin Kamara. You're missing starting tackles, you're missing a starting interior offensive lineman, you're missing a starting tight end, you're missing your backup wide receiver. I mean, you're missing so much on the offensive side. You've got CJ Gardner Johnson, who just got off of his scooter earlier this week, he tweeted. So he might be back in a couple of weeks, but you still got time there. And you've got a defense that's sort of struggled over the course last couple of games, especially your starting corner in Marshawn Lattimore, who's given up amongst the most yards in the NFL, not just because they played an extra game so far with a Thursday game, like even before that, since week seven, he's given up some of the most yardage in the NFL and had a 156.3 passer rating when targeted. So you've seen a lot of inefficiencies everywhere in all three phases of the game, inability to return all of that. I mean, they have had some issues there. So. They're going to have to fix a lot of things if they want to be competitive and be a playoff team. And I'm not even really going to talk about this team as a playoff team moving forward. Like, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't at this point. If they make the playoffs, I will be pleasantly surprised, cheering them on, very happy about that. But at this point, you're looking at a team that's simply trying to survive. That's that's fielding a B squad. That's fielding a preseason roster, effectively, over on the offensive side and is about to turn to its, I suspect, about to turn to its third quarterback of the season. And usually when a team changes quarterbacks even once in a season, you don't get a lot of success from them. Not every situation is a Nick Foles situation. And look, even though this is a little bit of a B squad, the New Orleans Saints aren't going to treat it that way. The coaching staff isn't going to treat it that way. That's not what good coaches do. Sean Payton's not going to say, all right, guys, well, we're hurt, we're injured, so I guess we'll just go out there and run around and get some exercise today. What do you say? Like, they're going to go out there and they're going to compete because that's what good coaches, that's what good teams do. And they still need to prove that they are a viable and competitive Team, because they want to represent themselves well in free agency. They want to represent themselves well in the draft. They want to represent themselves well to the players in the building that they want to maintain and keep in the future. You look at the New Orleans Saints so far and the extensions that they've given out, with the exception of basically DeMario Davis and I guess you could say Taysom Hill, everybody that they've extended has been homegrown for the most part, right? Like this is just what the New Orleans Saints do. They retain players, and you're not going to retain players by saying, all right, we're going to give up on the season. Now, there will be some. Interesting decisions to be made late in the season if you want to start to preserve talent and not let anybody get hurt before the offseason, things like that. Or if you want to allow players to get incentives and hit incentives on performance bonuses and stuff, there'll be some of those interesting decisions later on. But right now is not the time to make those decisions. Right now is the time to say, okay, let's figure out what we have and continue moving forward. And if they can do that and also win some games in the progress, then all of a sudden things could get a little bit more interesting depending upon how the rest of the NFL and NFC in particular shakes out. But right now, their focus has to be on representing themselves well to their players and continuing to compete and putting them in situations where they could potentially win games and where they can potentially impact their own careers at this point. Drew Brees talked about this on broadcast where he said that Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints are going to go out there and they're going to call the songs that the players know all the words to. They're going to call the plays that they know really, really well and put them in position to do something positive. And that's what good coaches do. And I know that, you know, Friday morning, game day, the morning after a loss is the time for overreactions. I understand it. We've seen a lot of folks calling for Sean Payton to be fired and to be on his way out and all that. And of course, we've seen that over the course of the last four seasons where Sean Payton has been the winningest head coach in the NFL. But of course, they lose a game and all of a sudden Sean Payton's done. He's predictable. You have to get him out of there without any understanding of context. I don't think that that's the place where this New Orleans Saints franchise is at this point. Particularly understanding that what they've gone through so far this season, a lot of stuff that's uncontrollable, Hurricane Ida, the loss of all of their coaching staff members due to positive testing, the uh, injuries that they've been inundated with so far this season, all of that stuff is out of their control. And this is certainly not the product that the New Orleans Saints intended to put on the field this season. So how does Taysom Hill fix all that? I don't know if he does, but he at least gives you the opportunity to be able to maximize something or try to create something that's at least exciting and fun for these players to be able to go out and be excited about returning to for next season. Because I think a lot of heads are already starting to turn to next season. It's not worth it to tank this year. I still hold to that strongly, that at this point, your focus should be on competing as best as you can. And I think that's exactly what you're going to see the New Orleans Saints do. So what is the most realistic outcome for the Saints remaining six games of this season? Well, yet another piece of bad news might have a huge impact on that. We'll fill you in and get you caught up on what to expect from the Saints these last six games as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about this incredible Black Friday sale that's going on right now over at Built.com. The first thing I want to tell you right off the bat is that they have a ton happening Friday through Sunday only. You want to use the promo code LOCKED20 because it's 20% off of everything over at Built.com, but that's not all it gets Better Got a couple of new limited time flavors that you're going to be able to enjoy and check out as well. A new flavor like Ruby chocolate puff, marshmallowy goodness with a unique chocolate, Ruby chocolate. There's dark chocolate. There's white chocolate. Now you've got Ruby chocolate joining the Built Bar Club. you have also got lemon dipped cheesecake puffs. That sounds absolutely incredible, but here's what I'm excited to tell you about as well. The new Built Bar Crave Bar. This sounds awesome. You're talking about caramel-flavored, chocolate-covered, loaded with peanuts, giving you that nutty, chocolatey, oh-so-sweet candy bar goodness, candy bar taste, but you're only getting 160 calories, 17 grams of protein on top of that as well. Now, show me a candy bar that even comes close to that. You can't stop trying. Tis the season to save and get your taste buds the gift of built bar just head over you're going to get 20 percent off of built bars and two free crave bars at built.com right now plus you can get 60 percent off of built broth and built boost and 40 percent off of all the built swag as well just into the promo code locked 20 at built.com and of course don't forget to check out our friends over at betonline.ag the saints have already played so if you want to get in and make some more of sunday's action A little bit more fun and even Saturday's college football action, no better place to get in on your NFL and college football bets than betonline.ag. Have you covered for all the odds, all the lines, all the props, over-unders, everything that you're looking for. And they have a new, entirely redesigned website that now includes some live betting elements as well, which are super, super fun to help you stay engaged all throughout. Even the most boring of games, making those more entertaining every day over at betonline.ag. Don't want to bet on football or don't just want to bet on football? No worries. You got your cover with basketball and the NBA and college basketball as well. You can get in on some NHL, some hockey. You can get in on golf, boxing, Miss Martial Arts, and your own very favorite Vegas casino games as well. So go and check them out over at betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus. It's a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag where the game starts let's get it who that nation wrapping up today's episode of locked on saints and once again i just want to thank you because i know after a big loss like that it's always hard to try to intake content around your favorite team when they get that type of beating handed to them but i appreciate you so much for being here because i'm always very grateful and very excited to be able to do this show every day even win or loss doesn't matter now we always like to try to end on a positive note even after a loss so i want to talk a little bit about what's realistic for the new orleans saints which could be positive could be pretty neutral we don't know right if new orleans saints decide to make the change at quarterback you can't expect too much from them again teams that change quarterbacks two three times in a season don't tend to be successful But hey. Changing to Taysom Hill at least gives you something and another baseline that might be better than what you've gotten with Trevor Simeon so far in these last four losses. So with that being the case, what should we expect from the New Orleans Saints moving forward? Well, things got a little bit tougher for the Saints, believe it or not. Uh, Friday morning, when news came down that the NFL was indeed planning to suspend Deontay Harris for three games following his DUI, you remember that he pled not guilty and his legal proceedings came to an end on November 8th of 2021, where he wasn't charged but was given Supervised probation for one year, which will end November 8th of 2022. But when it comes down to the conduct policy of the NFL, the NFL has its own process that started once the legal process was over. And being charged with a DUI or being, you know, even brought in on a DUI and having a blood alcohol level, the level that he had, which was nearly like 0.25, is like 0.246 or something like that, which is way above the legal limit. Um, you know, the NFL was gonna suspend him. So apparently the suspension, I know a lot of folks have said, oh, well, they're just piling on while the Saints are at their low as well. The suspension actually came in last week or even earlier than last week. And Deontay Harris and his team immediately appealed the suspension. That's why he was able to play on Thursday night, uh, Thanksgiving night up against the Buffalo Bills. And depending upon how the appeal proceedings last and how long that takes. He could potentially also be available this Thursday night up against the Dallas Cowboys, but expect Deontay Harris to miss some to miss some group of three games over the course of the next four in some shape, form or fashion from that suspension. At least that's what I'm expecting at this time. Now, the longer that they delay it, the more likely it is that they could get a guy like maybe Alvin Kamara back, Ryan Ramchick back, Mark Ingram back. And so the longer that it gets delayed through the appeals process, probably the better because then you lose one of your most explosive, if not your most explosive and consistent receiver, and then get another playmaker or two or three back in that you know in the exchange. But we'll see exactly how long this all takes to pan out. Now what I want to talk about in addition to that is what this means for the New Orleans Saints moving forward over the course of the remaining six games that they have, which are the Dallas Cowboys at home. Then they're traveling for both the New York Jets up against the Tampa Buccaneers in Tampa. They'll be back at home for the Miami Dolphins and the Carolina Panthers, and they'll wrap up in Atlanta up against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the place where the Saints have been the most successful so far this season is up against inefficient quarterbacks. You look at Taylor Heineke, you look at an early season, Mac Jones, you look at an early you know, first game, Aaron Rodgers, who was really inefficient. We talked about Russell Wilson's inefficiencies so far this season, and then they had a really great game against Tom Brady, a person who they're very familiar against. And so I think at this point, you look at the teams that remain that have the inefficient quarterbacks. You've got the New York Jets with Zach Wilson. You've got the Miami Dolphins. You've got the Carolina Panthers with their sort of each shuffling at the quarterback spot. So those are probably the three games where I give the Saints the biggest edge, although they're not guaranteed wins by any means. The big difference is going to be, can they get efficiency from their quarterback position with Taysom Hill moving forward? Where they get the bonus there is that they get a little bit of additional efficiency from Taysom Hill on the ground. The New Orleans Saints didn't convert a third down at all in the first half of uh, of the loss against the Buffalo Bills. They were 0-6 in the first half. And that just simply can't be the case moving forward for them. So if the Saints can build more efficient offensive play through their quarterback than those three teams, then that would end up putting them at a place where they could finish the season. Three and three over the last six, making them eight and nine. If they could sneak in an extra win, maybe against the Atlanta Falcons at the end of the season, depending upon what the Falcons are playing for, then they can get into the winning side of that conversation at nine and eight. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think if you finish the season nine and eight, that's a huge win for this New Orleans Saints team. But it definitely feels like seven and ten or eight and nine is a little bit more likely. The Saints have not shown a propensity to be able to win the games that they should win. You can look back at the Atlanta Falcons game earlier this year. You can look at that Tennessee Titans game. And of course, you can look early on in the year as well at the New York Giants game and even arguably the Carolina Panthers game, a team that they should have been better than that they just simply weren't able to be in that game. Now, of course, you had the six coaches out due to COVID protocols and things like that in that situation. So barring any other big situations that the New Orleans Saints have to deal with, like another suspension or, you know, something else wild, then the, the New Orleans Saints could potentially finish this season modestly at eight and nine or nine and eight. Um, and that's probably the best thing that you can hope for for this team. And you know what? I think that considering everything that they've been through so far this season, finishing up four and two or three and three over the last six makes them a competitive team and a desirable team and a team that shows some fight towards the end of the season and that's what the New Orleans Saints need to carry out of this year. Not where are we drafting? Not can we get into the playoffs? No, what the New Orleans Saints need to walk out of this season with first and foremost is some level of confidence of being able to retain competitive nature and retain a winning mentality and winning culture out of this absolutely hellacious season that they've gone through so far in terms of injuries and all of the other things that they have been held subject to the Saints can do that, then I think winning season or losing season, there's still a way that they could walk away winners in their own minds. And I know that a lot of folks aren't going to want to hear about a moral victory right now in terms of finishing up the season. And I completely understand that. But hey, in the NFL, you have to take what you can get. And if that's what the New Orleans Saints can get, I think that they would be able to take that and put that out and say, you, high profile free agents, you, draft pick, you, player that we want to retain going into 2022, you're all the key to this team being more successful in 2022 than they were in 2021 as a culture and a community that players want to be a part of. How do they maintain that and keep that intact going into the off season to build ahead for 2022 and forward? All right, y'all. So much to continue to break down around this New Orleans Saints team. And of course, that big Taysom Hill contract as well. Coming up on Monday, we're going to break that down even further. We got a lot more details. We'll update on the Deontay Harris situation if there's more to update. And, of course, keep you up to date with everything else you need to know around your New Orleans Saints. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day. Now for your second listen today, go and check out Locked on Bets. Get ready for the big weekend. Make yourself some money with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. As always, y'all, for everything in between on your New Orleans Saints, make sure you check me out on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler.